Hey, how you doing, Ignite City? Hey, I wanted to take us through Deuteronomy chapter 12, just looking at verse 4, which also is repeated in verse 31 of the same chapter. Just one quick sentence that says this, you shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. And in my journal, when I wrote out that verse, I actually highlighted the words in that way. And what Moses is is referring to is uh, the people that were in the promised land as Israel was about ready to cross over and to drive them out, uh, were worshiping idols. And they were worshiping idols in such a way that was not pleasing to God, that God was not pleased with it. Uh, one, one specific idol would be the, the God of Molech, where you would, you, would, uh, you would heat up the idol whose hands were out uh, so hot that it would begin to glow. Then you would place your infant son or daughter into the, into the hands and watch your baby die. That's when God says that is an abomination. So God says, I hate that. There should be no one who does that. In my, those who are my people should never do anything like that. And so he's saying, when you go in, I don't want you to blend the culture of those people in your worship of me. You should be different. You should look different and you should worship me in a manner that is different. Friends, when we look in the, in the law before this, when you look at uh, the way that God prescribed uh, for his people to present sacrifices, you'll see it over and over and over repeated that it, you must take an animal that is a certain age and without blemish. I mean, without blemish is 100% of the time you cannot present God your leftovers, but you're supposed to present to him your best. I wonder if we've forgotten that or if we've kind of pushed that concept to the side. Not that we're supposed to present animals for blood sacrifice. That, that, was, full, that was ultimately fulfilled by Jesus. But the, but the idea of presenting to God sacrifices that are worthy of him, guys, I think it should cost us something. We should still be giving God our best. He deserves our best. We should be worshiping, worshiping God with excellence solely because of who he is. He deserves our best. And I wonder how often we just kind of push that to the the side and say, well, God, this is what I've got. This is the best I've got. But is it really the best? I think a lot of times it's, hey, just do your best. And and we'll we'll say that to our boys when they're doing schoolwork and say, hey, guys, just do your best. And a lot of people think, well, that just means you've given them an ability to not have to really do their best. No, we're actually saying do your best. And if your best is, uh, say, they get a B on a test or they get a C on a test, but they did their best then so be it. They did their best. They presented their best effort. I think, I think God's grace does the same thing for us. Um, when I think of, okay, so I've, God, I'm giving you my best, but I'm so weak and I'm so tired, or I don't have a whole lot left in me, or I'm hurting and I'm broken. I believe that it's by God's grace that we worship and we're giving him our best, the best that we can. And then his grace fills in the gaps where we feel like we're not, maybe we feel like, oh man, when I'm not going through something that is so difficult, I feel like I'm giving him better. But God knows we're giving him our best. So I'm not saying that it turns into this legalistic thing. I'm just saying, are we actually sacrifice, presenting sacrifices to God in a manner worthy of who he is? Or do we just say, well, he's not as impressive as anything else. I mean, it's just God. Guys, we should never say things like, well, it's just Jesus. It's just God. We should never use the phrase, it's just prayer. Like these are things that are so important. But especially when we're looking at God, 
and what it is that he prescribes of worship. And so um, I wrote in my journal, I do not prescribe uh, to how to worship God. I'm sorry, I do not prescribe how to worship the Lord. Rather, he does. The sacrificial system is done because of Jesus. So what does God require of us in worship now? And so when my mind went to John chapter 4, verse 23 to 24, when Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and Jesus says these words, but the hour is coming and is now here. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And friends, he doesn't want it to just be this religious duty that we're just knocking out to get through it. The Father is saying, the the worshipers that I seek after are those who will worship me with their whole being. I want them to worship me with their person. When you think of the greatest commandments, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbors yourself is the second one. But presenting to God, God's like, I want you to love me with everything that you are, your whole person. And so I believe that when we worship, I'm supposed to be engaging my mind, engaging my my soul, engaging my spirit, engaging my body, that there's times physically I need to put my hands up, or there's times I need to hit the floor as I'm presenting worship to God. I'm I'm on my knees and I'm worshiping the Lord. That's to do it in spirit. But in truth means that I do not allow and I can't allow my own personal desire for experience to then supersede what scripture teaches as being true. And so if all of a sudden I say, well, I can kind of, I can do whatever I want because it's in my spirit. But if it goes against what God sets up as orderly worship, then we're, we're disobedient. What is it, what it is that we're presenting to God? But it's not just worship within like a worship gathering and singing songs to him. Guys, it should be all day, every day. So again, we, I want to live my life. We're supposed to live our lives. So our whole bodies and our whole being are worshiping God. That we're looking at going, okay, God, I want to present my body. Because that's where we get into Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, that word brother means brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Guys, it's true that we are made holy because of Jesus. His righteousness is imputed to us because of what it is that he's done on our behalf. But I'm also called to live a holy life. Yes, I am holy before God, but the word holy means to be set apart to be different. I'm supposed to live differently. I'm supposed to present my body as a living sacrifice, holy and then acceptable to God. So if I'm going to present something to, to God that's acceptable, I have, to ju- I have to at least draw the conclusion from that, that there are things that I can present to God and say, well, this is worship where God says that is not acceptable to me. Guys, if, if I'm presenting something that's acceptable to God, that must automatically mean that there are things that are not acceptable to God. Therefore, we are worshiping, we are worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And the way that we know truth is we spend time with God in the word because we, we want to know his will. We want to know what he desires. We want to know what he likes and appreciates, but what it is that he expects from us as we live this lifestyle, this life of worship. And then as we come together and gather as a community in a worship gathering and we're studying the word and we're praying together and we're singing songs and because those things please him, he says, I want those things, but also me loving loving my neighbors and sacrificing so that I can provide needs for others or 
Uh, even, I mean, something, I mean, things that are so small where, you, hey, I'm going to pay for the groceries of the person behind me, or I'm going to, I'm going to help a homeless person. I'm going to, it's like all these acts of love and then connecting, sharing the gospel to all these things, engaging in a conversation with a person. Uh, guys, anything that we can do that is worship, we look to the life of Jesus. How did Jesus live his life? Guys, that's how we should be living. As, and we take those principles, we take the way that he lived, and we live those things out as worship unto God. And when he says, uh, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. That word for worship there is also translated as your spiritual service. Guys, we need to think of worship as not just, hey, I'm going to sing some songs. No, it's my, it's my spiritual service to God. I'm giving God my best. My whole life is about him. How I love my wife, how I love my boys, how I sacrifice. Like I lay down my quote unquote rights that I think that I have. When it comes to Kelly, I, I think, okay, as a husband, I'm going to, my example, according to Ephesians chapter five, I'm going to, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I'm going to apply those things that I'm, I'm worshiping God in a manner worthy of God as I'm loving my wife the way that Jesus loved the church. It all comes back to worship. It's a spiritual act of service. And so, friends, when we say, I'm going to worship God, may it be our whole lifestyle. When we gather together on a Sunday morning as a community, may we do it in a manner that is worthy of God. Yes. May we do it in a manner where we're worshiping God with our whole being, our spirit. We want to give him our best, our whole being. And then also, but to do it according to truth. So what God says, hey, orderly worship looks like this. We do it that way. But we don't blend worship of God with how the culture, uh, how the culture might be comfortable with it. Guys, there are times to be sensitive, of course. I mean, Paul even brings it up. Hey, there's if a person comes in, they don't know the Lord, they come into a worship gathering, uh, and and everyone's speaking in tongues. They might be freaked out by that, especially if there's no interpretation. So he says, this is what I think should happen. He says, okay, a person speaks in tongues. There has to be an interpreter. Um, in fact, and he says, and a prophetic word, maybe two, maybe three, and have them share those those words with people. But friends. If all of a sudden we just go, I'm not going to be mindful of anyone else, then we're being disobedient to God. However, also, if I say, hey, I'm not going to worship God the way that I believe that he's called us to worship him, where we are his kids worshiping our father because of what Jesus did for us and dwelt by the Holy Spirit, we're going to get rid of all that spiritual stuff. We're only going to go toward, hey, here's some principles that our life can be better so that because of those who show up to a worship gathering that don't have a relationship with Jesus, friends, we're also not supposed to do that. We should focus on, on hey, when, when we open up the word, we're going to open up the word and teach what the word says. We'll find application. We'll apply those things. But we're going to worship the Lord. And so when a worship gathering, we do it according to what a scripture teaches with regards to truth. When it comes to our lives, our whole lives, which is really what worship is, may we live our lives in a manner worthy of Jesus, presenting to God our best because he's worth it. And so that he can he he receive our worship as a spiritual act of service, and we present it in a holy manner and in an acceptable manner to a holy God. So, friends, I hope this is an I hope this is an I'm sorry I hope this is a challenge, as well as an encouragement to you, um, as we all continue to live our lives in worship of God. Friends, I love you more than you know. We'll talk soon.